So Logan has known me since the sixth grade. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time. A hot minute. Um, we became friends because we both had necrotizing fasciitis and almost died. That's beautiful. Yeah, that was a thing. Death yeah. really does bring people together. At <laughs> very different times in our life and in different spots. But yeah. us got out very lucky, so that's fun. Yep. We have limbs. So most people don't. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you can ask for. All right. So hey, uh, I'm Logan Hatcher. Um, yeah, I'm currently living in Nashville, Tennessee right now for the last couple of years. Uh, I'm a he. Beautiful. And I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. You're going to talk to us about music, right? Yep, absolutely. I love it. So do you want to like start with your band uh well yeah one of uh, a couple of original bands i play in uh first one's beyond here uh we've been together for the last well me and anthony have been playing together for a little over two years now um he's a front man for the band uh almost have an ep done uh, i was actually three of our mixes back yesterday currently i have two songs in rotation here in nashville on the radio um so it's been obviously difficult with COVID and everything. We had a, a lot of dates lined up, uh, unfortunately fell through, but we are playing tomorrow night at Tin Roof on Broadway. Pretty excited for that. First time kind of brushing the dust off again. Um, but apart from that, I do a little bit of studio work, a lot of live work, uh, whoever wants to pay me, whatever <laughs> style of music. So, but yeah, that's what, what I do with my life now. And then I guess we should talk about like, what instrument do you play? Like go- I'm a bass player. Yeah, <laughs> like I realized that we didn't talk about that. We should probably like clarify what you're doing. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, I play as you know, play a lot of instruments, but that's what I do mostly these days. Especially just not because I, only I love it, but it's really it's difficult to make it as a musician when you are, for instance, a solo act or you're a uh, original artist just because you're kind of banking on every show, you have to make money um, and support yourself and really get the word out there. But it's nice for guys like myself or any other side guy, because for every hundred singer songwriters who need an album done, I, I have the opportunity to play it on any of them or play with them live. So whereas they're making money off their self, I get to make money off all of them. Oh, okay. Like so that. it's a lot easier to accomplish as a side guy than it is as an independent musician. And you have never been the center of attention person anyway. No, never. <laughs> Just so our audience knows, uh, yeah, Logan and I have been friends since the sixth grade. So we have been through it together. So I have a little more insight on his personality. A little um, bit, yeah. A little bit. <laughs> Just a smidge. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely some shenanigans. Uh, oh my God, middle yeah. school. Jesus. I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> no. No, I'm good. So good. It's okay. Keep the repressed memories repressed. Yeah, I'm like, let's keep them. <laughs> <laughs> keep in that one box that nobody knows about. I do have, like, one of my favorite, like, high school memories is with you. We like, it was like the middle of the night and it was a thunderstorm and we just like went out and laid in the middle of the football field and just like laid there while like the storm like went over. And that was so fantastic. The circumstances behind that <laughs> were less than ideal. Yeah, I don't remember why I was in my feelings, but. <laughs> no, we didn't have the option to be out in the rain. Um, you got kicked out of your house when you were like 14. That's what it was. I oh my god, I forgot I got kicked out. I forgot. Yeah, so I've forgotten all the. We time. were out there for leisure. Like we ended up enjoying it, but we were just no. out there. I don't remember that my mom kicked me out. She kicked yeah, me out. Yeah, it was like a, it was like two o'clock in the morning, and like, like you called me and I I snuck out of my house because I was like I don't know where this girl's going. So. <laughs> I was like, that's insane. I don't, I, don't, I don't remember 
Like, I knew that I used to, like, leave a lot. And for what I've, like, repressed so much of high school, like, so much. And so whenever I talked to people who, like, knew me then, I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. I did that. My mom did kick me out a lot. Like, fuck. I remember, like, walking up to your house, like, sobbing. And your mom was with your brother. And just, you were like, I'm gonna go. (laughs) I feel really bad. Oh. Wow. There was a lot of that back then. Jesus. Teenage angst is fun for everyone. Um, but yes, we're going to talk about your music instead of my Just tumultuous teens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's, but what like drew you to playing bass? Well, I mean, I always wanted to ever since I was a little kid. I mean, you know, well, I started playing saxophone at 10 mm-hmm. only because, um, there was no position for a bass player in, you know, elementary school concert band. So I found something else that I thought I would enjoy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember the first song that I heard, I was like, okay, I want to do that for the rest of my life. It was um, Ben Harper, Fight for Your Mind. My fa- favorite song is till this day. And I just thought it was like the nastiest thing I ever heard and never looked back. Beautiful. And so you just like switched over to bass as soon as you could? Well, um, when I was 12, um, I got my first bass for my birthday, like this Infinity Series Squire, super cheap, but I loved it. I had it for a long, long time. And then, I mean, I picked up other instruments along the way too. Um, high school, I marched any instrument they could throw at me because I was really quick at learning. So I was like, oh, we have a slot for a mellophone or a baritone or whatever the hell. So uh, Jim would just throw me a different instrument to learn. And, I would learn it and play the part. The, um, band teacher in our high school. Um, for clarification. I was like, oh, who yeah. the fuck is Jam? <laughs> yeah. No, uh, so yeah, I mean, I've played a lot. I don't really touch those instruments anymore. Um, but yeah, it's been just over 15 years of playing now. It's so and that's what I spend all my time doing. I mean, so for- old. <laughs> Stop. Um, I know. Jesus. Um, okay, so that's impressive. I like that you just pick up instruments that quickly, but I'm glad that you found one that you really love. Well, I don't know. It's kind of one of those things. It's kind of, I don't want to say that I pick things up quickly. It's kind of, I just become obsessive. Um, I remember like one of my, my favorite bands, um, even still, was Red Hot Chili Peppers. And that was like one of the first bands I really got into as a bass player. And first album I ever bought was Stadium Arcadium. And I remember being 12 years old and being down in the basement. And I played till my fingers bled because I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to stop until I figure this out. And so I don't really think there's people who are inherently good at things. I don't, I don't like the word talent. I think it, what it typically is is a whole lot of hard work. You don't think there's Did like, you put in your 10,000 hours? <laughs> ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you don't think there's like a base talent there? Like I could put 10,000 hours in on like drawing and I would never be as good as you are. Bullshit. That is so true. That is like just straight facts. Like I just don't have like the motor skills for it. I wholeheartedly disagree. I think that, and I don't mean to offend anybody, but <laughs> people who really like to just say, oh, well, that person's so gifted, I could never do it. It's kind of how they justify not being good at that. Or not doing it at all. Exactly. That person's so talented, they're so good. It's like, no, they're not any better than you are. They were just passionate about it and worked at it. Now, for some people, it's not work. Like, I put in a whole lot of hours and a whole lot of time, and I enjoyed every second of it. Mm -hmm. And other people, they, they work their asses off and don't enjoy it, and they get the same outcome. So I guess it's more about the passion, the willingness to put in the 10,000 hours. Exactly. Okay. That's how I thought. I mean, I don't have the passion or patience to melt crayons like you do, but (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? I do love it. Yeah, this is true. (laughs) But I don't know. That doesn't feel like, I guess that's true. There's like no skill in that at all. It's just doing it for enjoyment. Um. My art is I melt crayons. That's what that comment was about. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't think I've seen any of those that you've done. 
Um, if you check my Instagram, there's some there. Yeah, I'm trying to like sell more. She's not good at selling herself I'm or her art. I'm selling myself. I'm very bad. She always lowballs herself, Logan. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a great skill to have. I mean, so bad. I mean, no, I'd like people. charge more. You're worth it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you don't want to undercut yourself. Exactly. I undercut everything. Like, even like when I'm selling my nudes, like they all yell at me because they're like, you are not charging enough. And I was like, I was like, porn is free and people want to pay me money for my nudes. And I have a hard time understanding that. So, like, ah, I'm no, still- you really have to sell yourself. I mean, that's a huge part of my line of work, too, is you really kind of have to make a brand for yourself. Yeah. Um, a good friend of mine, uh, Rich Redmond, um, he's a drummer with uh, Jason Aldean for like the last 22 years, 23 years. Oh, but best piece of advice I ever got from him is that it's rock star 24 seven. So like whatever he's doing where he's in the eye of somebody else who like just your average person in the public, he kind of has to have that image put up at all times because uh, like when for me, there's two Logans, there's stage Logan and then there's regular Logan. Okay. Um, visually it's the same. So like I make sure like if I'm going out in town, I'm never know who I'm going to run into because mm-hmm. you'd be amazed. Um, so like you won't catch me leaving the house in sweatpants or like looking like ass, but, uh, I get up on stage way more animated. Um, and then the moment I step off, I kind of, you know, go back into my shell again because I mean, that's part of it. People, they're going there to watch you perform. They want to, they, it's as much a visual thing as it is, you know, an audio thing. Yeah. I have never been super into live music, so this is, like, so beyond, like, my realm. Um, but I know. <laughs> I've been to, like, three concerts in my life. It's fine. And it was all the same person. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? Maybe that's why you don't like concerts or live music, because you went to see the same person. Well, I cried. Did you see? Hosier. Hosier. Okay, yeah. He's fucking awesome. Yeah, I love his music. He's so, oh, he's literally my favorite artist in the universe. I can't handle how talented he is. I think I bought more concert tickets in January of 2020 than I have in my entire life combined, and then all of them have been postponed or canceled. Oh, that's so awful. That's it's like, the worst. I also get migraines. Like, <laughs> concerts are not the place for me. Um, like I love concerts. I mean, any chance I get to go, I can't talk. <laughs> any chance I get to see something live, I'm all about it. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of the last show I saw. Yeah, it had to have been. I know the last night I, I played at the Exit in March 14th here in Nashville, and then the next day everything was shut down. Um. But I can't remember, like, the last big concert I went to. It was sometime last year, I can tell you that. I went to Lady Gaga's concert last. That was the last one I went to. Oh, that would have been pretty awesome. She was a little tiny ant, but it was still amazing. Because she had, like, two different stages on either end of... um, It was at the Golden One Arena, so, like, a basketball court, basically. Yeah. Yeah, she's somebody I've never seen, but I would like to. She's just incredible to watch. I'm like, I don't know how she moves that way and can still sing and stay on pitch. Like that's fucking insane to me. I don't I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a I've never had a big choreographed show like that. My friend uh Todd just did it it was like a live stream because obviously there's no mm-hmm. attendance to any of these concerts, but he did a two-hour Prince tribute show and I'm talking with like all the dancers and the choreography was just ridiculous. I don't even want to know how much rehearsal and practice went into that and I'm sure it's the same for I mean like Lady Gaga or any of these big performers that like I said it's just as much a show. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Do you want to do something like that? Is that something you want to do or are you fine just being more like 
rock band like player. Okay. I, I like that. I've got no desire to be in anything. Worded, that, but I hope you understand what I mean. <laughs> like, I've got no desire to be in anything that's got a lot of theatrics. Um, that's really just not my personality type. Um, I enjoy to watch it, but not something I'd be into. I mean, you know me. I never even went to a high school dance. I, I know. And you could have had all the fucking girls if you just put yourself out there a little bit. Oh, no, I liked where I was at. I stayed home and did this. That's <laughs> It worked out. And read comic books. You were set. Oh, I've got, still I've got four or five boxes of comic books. I clearly remember one time in our, like, civics class, it somehow came up and, like, somebody was, like, talking about how Aquaman was stupid because you can't use, like, when you're on land, you don't, and you were like, hold up, and you just, like, lectured everyone about Aquaman for like 10 minutes. I feel like that happened last week at some point too. <laughs> I still use that knowledge more than I use anything else I learned in that civics class. I mean, that's another thing too, is musicians are nerds. Like we're all super nerdy people, whether you look the part or not. And so, yeah, all of us are like huge comic book nerds. My uh, couple buddies of mine are just big Dragon Ball Z and anime nerds mm-hmm. and oh yeah we talk about that stuff all the time it's a very specific group of people I love that I love that everyone has their kind of like weirdo nerdy niche I think it's perfect oh yeah we're we're all quirky people that's for damn sure mm-hmm. so okay so this is like You've, like, pretty recently just been able to support yourself with just your music, right? Like, that's been a newer shift? Uh, since, well, I mean, you know a little bit about my background, where I was, I was married for a while, well, three and a half years, um, and I could have done this full-time a long time ago, but all the traveling and, mm-hmm. you know, good-looking women who hire me and want me to go on the road, but, yeah, it's, so, like, when that ended, um, I had a lot of things that really kind of, I guess were serendipitous. They sucked, Mm -hmm. but um, obviously got divorced, uh, moved into a a small apartment, which all five weeks later got took out in a tornado. And then I got laid off from my day job. So I was like, well, I mean, I've got nothing left. So there's no reason not to do this full time. Were you in Nashville at that Uh, time? I was. I'm like, tornadoes, Uh, where were you? (laughs) Yeah, I, I was I was at home, and uh, it was, I mean, of course, six years of working around helicopters for a living, I didn't wake wake up. Logan um, was in the Marines for a hot minute. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Marine Corps for six years. <laughs> wow. And so that didn't wake me up, and then my buddy Josh called me at 3.30 in the morning, and of course, the first ring <laughs> woke me up, and he's like, hey, dude, are you all right? I'm like, I'm fine. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I slept next to helicopters. I mean, right on the other side of the fence. That was where I, my barracks were. So big whirring sounds like that. Sounds like a train. I'll sleep right through it. But phone call, wake my ass up. I, you sent me the picture afterwards and I was like, what the actual fuck? It was like literally all destroyed that there's like Logan's apartment. <laughs> and I was like, ah, <laughs> like. How nobody died in that complex, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's all of those things kind of lined up. Um, and I think I, I kind of got lucky because a lot of musicians here, they had to go back and get in day jobs, um, just because there was nothing open. Uh, but I kind of piggybacked on the fact that there was a lot of people who decided it was going to get too tough. Um, they moved home back to wherever it was they were from. They went back home with mom and dad or just because of COVID, they were refusing to play as a whole, which for a long time, that was the case for myself too until clubs started being smart about it. Um, So there was a lot of openings for work just due to people who had abandoned the industry. Mm -hmm. I was gonna say, I feel like Nashville is such a music town. Like every, I'm assuming it's like, Cause it is right. Like that's like everybody there oh, yeah. is like, trying to make it. Like it's like the country music capital. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's kind of a lie too. People really? think that. 
Um, My whole life like, is a lie now. <laughs> well, d- downtown on Broadway, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's tons of country artists here and tons of you know, singer-songwriters who, who come here thinking that they're going to get very successful off playing country music, and they do. But in reality, the country part is like the tourist part of it. Mm-hmm. So, like a lot of the tourists, they'll come downtown and they'll go to all like the honky tonks and stuff like that. And I play tons of that stuff because I get paid to do it. Yeah. But all those musicians, as soon as they leave, you know, their shift at whatever bar, you know, they're they're playing all sorts of different kinds of music. It's it's more of just a touristy thing that people have this idea that Nashville is so country because it's really not. Hmm. I can see that. That makes sense to me. I guess we have to go. My favorite clubs to get me to visit so bad. Oh, I'll yeah. visit with you. Let's go to Mem- or Memphis. Jesus, let's go to Nashville. We'll go. No, it's, it's, it's a badass town. I love it. Um, tons to do here. I mean, you'll probably leave 50 pounds heavier after you eat all the food. That's fine. I wish I would gain a pound when I ate. <laughs> oh, no, this, yeah, there's so much food here. And uh, I'm, just, I'm a huge foodie. I'm getting hungry now. Damn. Yeah, I was about to say, are you good? (laughs) What is probably, like, your favorite spot to play at and then, like, get food at in Nashville? Oof. Um, I really do like everything in Cannery Row. Um, So, like, the High Watt, Mercy Lounge, Cannery Ballroom, those are fun fun clubs to play at. Well, those are more, like, original venues. Exit Inn is more of an original venue that I really love. What's What's an original venue? What does that mean? So I think of it like, like if you go see an original band, I'm trying to think of something, you know, I'm trying to think of something back home. Uh, well, think of like LA, think of like the Whiskey Go-Go or um, the Rainbow Room places like Motley Crue, uh, Def Leppard played back in the 80s. Okay. So you go there to see original bands, but like all the, the bars on Broadway, you're not going to hear any original acts there. Mm-hmm. most of the time there might be like one or two offs like the thing i'm doing tomorrow night that's a one-off sort of original thing but 99 percent of the time it's four hours of cover songs oh, it's all- oh okay okay i get it yeah so original venue is like bands putting out their own music and then right. like when you go to like a club or something with a live band they're usually just playing like your favorite pop songs but yeah okay. exactly so, like, the Sacramento equivalent would probably be Ace of Spades on our street. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take Never it. been to Sacramento, so I couldn't tell you. Oh, nothing. I love it here. There's nothing here. <laughs> I like it. There's everything away from here, like I hiking and beaches. Live. Yeah, it's a it's a nice place if you like to escape on the weekends and get the fuck out of town. It's like, honestly, it's very much like Spokane where it's like, this is a great place to live. Like it's fun for like, you know, your everyday stuff. But like, if someone wants to visit, I'm like, this is not a vacation destination. <laughs> like, oh, I know where to take people. I'm like, okay, we're going to old town. We're going to walk down this part of K street. Not that one. It's a little hit or miss. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to avoid as many transient people as we can. Um, yes. We've, we've, I've lived in LA. I've, I get it. <laughs> Sacramento is definitely better. But yes, oh, we will have to plan a Nashville trip. But what, okay, yeah. so your favorite food in Nashville? Oh. Can you pick I think my one? favorite spot. You don't I'm have to limit wild. it to just one. Uh, Pig Leg Porker has got my favorite wings ever. I love them. I'm a, a huge sucker for wings. Okay, bone in or boneless? Bone in. If they're bone, if they're boneless, they're just nuggets. Thank right. You. I'm like, it's yes, not a wing. It is literally chicken nuggets. Like, grow up and eat your wings with bones. I'm fine with people eating boneless wings, but don't call them boneless wings. Call them what they are. They're nuggets. <laughs> I don't need that shit in my life. <laughs> um, another great place, the grilled cheesery. Which, oh, I'm sold. You don't have to tell you me. You don't have to say <laughs> anything else. But what's your favorite item on the menu? <laughs> so, I mean, they basically have like every type of grilled cheese you can imagine. They have one in particular that it's like a spinach artichoke dip as a grilled cheese. Okay. Stop. 
all right, we're planning our Nashville trip right fucking now. Like that's. All I don't think good. we should go to Vermont anymore. Yeah, fuck Vermont. <laughs> we're going to Nashville. But when it comes to food here, like don't go downtown. It's don't. It's fine. It's good. But if you want good barbecue, Martin's Barbecue is like the biggest name in Nashville. But it's more of a tourist place. It's good. Don't get me wrong. But where you want to go is you find yourself a hole in the wall barbecue place. Some old black ladies calling you baby and sugar. Yeah, and yeah. That's where you go. Yeah. What about the soul food? Oh yeah, that's, I mean, there's this place uh, called Kim Folks, just south of Nashville and Smyrna. It's bomb. Um, Hattie B's, really big tourist place. It's hot chicken, which is definitely a huge Nashville thing, but I personally really like it. Okay. Um, Helen's hot chicken, I think, is my favorite though. The rule of thumb. Uh, for me, is the worse the neighborhood, the better the chicken. That, yeah, totally. Um, it's true everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like if it's not like it needs to be decently sketchy if the food's gonna be good. Yeah, I, if if I walk into a barbecue place and see a bunch of white folks, I leave. Yeah, that's how um, Daniel was with Mexican food. Like, if he walked into a Mexican restaurant and the people weren't speaking Spanish, then he just was like, this food isn't going to be good. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, it's like the same thing. It's like, nope, yeah. There's oh, and that's another thing, too. That's so There's, good. strangely, a huge population of Greeks in Nashville. Okay. And, like, the Greek food you can get here, and for some reason they all make Philly cheesesteaks that are ridiculously good i love philly cheesesteaks i have never had a philly cheesesteak what we can fix that well maybe not one as good as in nashville but maybe like a okay one okay. <laughs> i've been to philadelphia once and I had cheesesteak and I, yeah the ones at the little hole in the wall greek places here are just as good okay so we'll go to Nashville, get really good Greek food, Philly cheesesteaks, and all of the Nashville staples. Oh, yeah. And I will download Tinder and hook up with a lot of people. That is the plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not surprised. I'm sold. As you conquer Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> we are firmly into my demographic there. <laughs> uh, you're going to get sick of all the bros here. They're the worst. Oh, yeah. There's... So there's two like tourist types here. Okay. Well, I guess three. There's like the older crowd. They're all you know probably like mid forties, early fifties. Mm-hmm. They're usually fine. Then you have like you always see these groups of bros who come here for trips, and they're the absolute worst. They're always like you know catcalling girls on stage. They're loud and obnoxious. They're always fighting after they get too drunk downtown. They're white. Uh, I mean, it goes both ways. Whatever. And then there is always bachelorette parties here. I can see that. Yeah. We call them the woo girls because everywhere mm-hmm. you, they go, you hear them before the, you see them. They start going woo all over the place. And they always get sloppy drunk. But they're, they're usually really cool. Like they're just here to have a good time and they want to be left alone. Mm-hmm. They're just here with their girls and they get really drunk and they tip well. I was just like, that they tip you really well. <laughs> I mean, a, a lot of girls get self-conscious of them, I mean, especially for us, you know, musicians will be up on stage. It's like, oh, this bachelor party's there. They're going to, you know, flirt with you, try and take you home. It's like, no, they're, they're just doing their thing. Yeah. Girls are not bold. <laughs> like, we are not. It is. Over- I, I had one interaction with a girl from a bachelor party, and it was, she was super sweet. Like, she just comes up to the edge of the stage and, like, you know, gives me the gesture to, like, come to the edge. So I come down, I'm like, hey, can I help you? She just goes, I really want to tell you you're really handsome and patted me on the cheek and drunkenly ran away. <laughs> that's so cute. And that's all the liquid courage she got. <laughs> and you do see these cougars who come into clubs by themselves in like tight black dresses and they are on a mission, dude. Like, that would be they, me. That would be me. <laughs> Ooh, what's the gay life there? Is there like... Is that- yeah. yeah, there's a lot of it. There's actually a, a club, I want to say it's called Play. I mean, I, obviously I've never been there, but uh, it's actually more eclectic than a lot of people think. They have this idea that's, oh, Nashville is down in the south. It's a whole lot of, you know, 
rednecks and racism, which is not the case. Nashville is really in its own bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, I always have I mean, the impression that like Nashville and like Austin are like kind of similar in that like they're little weird and funky in the middle of like of like very like conservative Republican areas. It's exactly what it's like. It's it's way more diverse here than you think. Um, it's its own little bubble in the middle of the South. Okay, cool. Can we touch on that a little bit? How's it like being a black musician right now? Have you gotten like more shows like, or has it been roughly the same? Like, how's that work? I, yeah, I really haven't noticed anything at all. Really? We had a Um, guest on who was, he's a comedian and he was talking about how like after like the Black Lives Matter after George Floyd, like how things like suddenly he was being booked for everything because he was like the black comedian. And I was wondering if you'd seen anything like that, or maybe it's just different since you're more like a side character in the band and stuff. Um, yeah, I really haven't seen anything like that. Um, but you'd be amazed. Like there's uh, all different, you know, shapes, colors of people who do a little bit of everything. Like Jimmy Allen, he's, you know, dark as hell and he plays country and he's, you know, very famous and doing very well for himself now. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of us um, who are, you know, just multicultural and, you know, for a lot of groups here, it's really not about people could give a shit what your skin color is or whatever when it yeah. comes to you being on stage. What they tend to care about, actually, the biggest thing is your look. If you just, you know, don't dress the part, you might not get hired. Um, and unfortunately, there's a lot of it is age. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say in a bad way, but typically if you know, you have some younger girl who's a singer or a male for that matter, um, a lot of times they want to hire people in the band that look like the, the same demographic. And it goes the other way. Like if you have somebody who's more middle-aged as a performer, they'd try and hire a band that fits them. Okay. That makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, other than that, really nothing. That's not, okay, cool. People want you to, that's one weird thing too, too, is like, you can be really, really good. But if you're not fun to be around, if like, you can't go on the road with somebody for four days, the guy who's not quite as good as you, but gets along with everybody better, he's going to get the gig before you do. Mm hmm. You get along with everybody. I can't imagine that being a problem for you at all. And that's a thing too, is like a cup, like a handful of the, the last few gigs I've had, I'd never even auditioned. It was just because, you know, somebody, um, used me to, uh, well, I'm tripping over my own words, recommended me or, um, one girl I play with her and I were, were just good friends and she'd never even heard me play, but we had hung out on multiple occasions. So, she hired me. Um, that being a good hang and being somebody that people like to be around goes really, really far in this community. I can see how that would be important, especially in like a touring situation. Like you want somebody that you can like have a good time with on stage and that you vibe well with as well yeah, as exactly. a good musician. And you have a really good work ethic. I'm sure that like plays an important role too. Oh, you have to. Like currently I've got see five spreadsheets of songs okay um one of them is like 120 songs long one's 200 um you really develop your ear but it's like sure during the week i might only be on stage 12 to 16 hours a week but the practice time yeah but here putting in a lot of hours learning music yeah so that's, that's a common misconception. People think it's like, oh, well, you're not really working that much. It's like, no, you're, you're working your ass off. I, I put in more hours than I ever have in my life, with exception of maybe the Marine Corps. Cause the Marine Corps doesn't count. They just want to suck you dry. So. The Marine Corps can find a way to make anything suck. <laughs> they can make any situation miserable. I completely believe that. <laughs> like, I have no doubt. Like, it was the best and worst time of my life, don't get me wrong, and I love those guys, but we say that USMC stands for Uncomplicated Shit Made Complicated. Okay. 
yeah, it's they will find any way to make something stupid or way more complicated than it needs to be or work harder, not smarter. There's there's so much of that. But uh, I love those guys though. I do miss it from time to time. Do you miss like the people like that you were with and just not like the actual core or do you like genuinely miss like being in the core sometimes? Well, I, I, I genuinely miss it um, because I mean, in my line of work, you kind of felt like every day you went home, you really accomplished something like, you know, flying around, working on helicopters, doing high speed stuff all the time. It was fun. And you felt like, like a lot of times it was miserable. Um, just, you know, long days, but you really felt a sense of accomplishment. And a lot of us really struggled getting out because, you know, you go to a day job where it's menial work and you're just like, I don't feel like I've done anything today. Mm-hmm. You get very bored very quick. And uh, honestly, I think being a musician, have all the things I've done since I got out is the closest possible dynamic to being in the military. Because while you're in, there's a certain lack of professionalism um, where basically like you can speak to your coworkers any way you want to or how you see fit. Um, And you spend a whole lot of time in the military doing hard tasks, working your ass off, but you do it with people that you really love and care about. Mm -hmm. And same way as a musician, like if someone's being a jackass on stage or they're messing up a song, you can tell them any way you want to. Mm -hmm. You might not get hired again, but you can do it. Um, there's no HR that somebody's going to complain to. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you'll spend hours, you know, loading up gear, driving however many miles to make no money. Um, <laughs> but you do it with the guys that you love. Mm-hmm. And so it's very, very similar with the, the lifestyle. Okay, I can see that. So it set you up pretty well for what you're doing now. I wouldn't, yeah, I didn't expect it at all. But once I got into it, it was, it's very, very similar. I remember my first job I had once I got out, because um, I didn't come here and play music right off the bat. Well, I did, but not full time. But I had this guy who was one of my forklift drivers at a uh, facility I managed. And he showed up drunk. And so my first reaction is not to fire him or do any paperwork on him. I'm just going to make his life suck for a few hours, which was very typical Marine Corps thing. Um, also very typical you. <laughs> so, I mean, I had, a, we had like this bin of a thousand parts. I was like, well, you're drunk, so I can't have you on the forklift. So I'm going to have you do inventory and count through these. Not what I was going to do. And so like right as it gets to the end, I would go dump it out and make him start over. And my boss, luckily, he was a former vet too. He's like, yeah, we can't do that in the real world. I'm like, I'm learning. Like, this is, I'm getting there. Oh, I wish. I wish I could just make people do stupid shit all day. Oh, that would be the best. Yeah, it worked. I-, I had this, and a lot, a lot of the purpose of doing that, I mean, totally sidetracked. To, I mean, we're not talking about the military here, but when you do paperwork on somebody, it follows them for their whole career. Oh God! In a lot of in a lot of times, so you have a junior kid who's just being stupid. It's better for him if you just handle it between yourselves and make his life suck for a few hours instead of like stapling this to his back for the rest of his career. Exactly. That makes sense. I get that then. Yeah. So they hate it in the moment, but you're looking out for them. Mm-hmm. That's, I totally get that. That makes sense to me. What's your like five-year plan? What's your goal? Like what would be your like dream situation for where you would be? Like what type of music um, you want to play? Like what's the dream gig? Like what do you want? I mean, I, I love the band I'm playing with now. I really do. Um, I think we had a lot lined up um, until COVID hit. So yeah. but we, we released a video. Um, looks like we're getting ready to do another one. Um, Actually, we did two videos, sorry. So I, I can't wait to see where the, where this one goes. We've been getting a lot of traction. Um, but in reality, what I, I want to do long-term along with this is there's this guy, Leland Sklar. Uh, you probably have never heard of him. Uh, him and Nathan East are the, these two bass players who have had the most illustrious careers ever because uh, I think Lee, he started playing in the 70s with James Taylor. 
and he's done tons of session live work, played with Phil Collins, Eric Clapton, and he's been recorded on over 26,000 songs in the last 45 years. Okay, that's a lot. And makes a lot of money. And that's exactly what I want to do is I don't want to in any sort of, I've got no aspirations to be famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to play with as many people as possible and do as many live and recording situations as possible and make a lot of money doing it. Mm-hmm. I've got no desire to be in any sort of spotlight. Yeah, I can see that. Just be the bass player that everybody goes to that no one's ever heard of. It's crazy to see how, like, you've adapted and, like, you've gotten so much better at um, playing. Well, you're focusing on just bass now, but I like how you've, we've kind of just seen you change as an artist in this story (laughs) Um, from playing all these instruments and being great at them to focusing on one thing and playing so many different songs. It's really cool to see and hear about. It's fun, and I... You really have to make yourself hireable. One thing I need to work on is I need to, I need to sing because a lot of side guys you're going to get way more gigs if you sing back up in harmonies too. Um, but I've got, I mean, you might be able to see, but I've got like eleven basses in this room. Wow. And I've got tons of pedals and just all different sorts of gear. But that's one thing I, I love being able to do when I get a call for whatever gig. Is okay. It's like okay, I've got all this gear like pick what sounds you want. Um, and so I, I make sure like I play in another band that's like progressive metal. So like a lot of dream theater stuff, I play plenty of country shows. Um, like obviously the alt rock band that I play in, uh, tons of classic rock, but in order to be really um, hireable and to be that guy that everybody calls, you have to be well-versed in everything. You, you can't be a one trick pony and you can't do everything okay you have to do everything really really well what's your favorite genre to play i don't know uh i will say i think country is probably my least favorite um to play just because there are certain songs that are really interesting and fun and move around um but i really do like playing a lot of uh progressive stuff um really big into tons of bands I'll throw out there, probably don't know them, but like Dream Theater, Animals as Leaders, uh, The Contortionist, uh, all that sort of stuff, which is very difficult, super challenging. I like a lot of jazz, um, play a lot of that at home. Um, but just for the sake of having fun on stage, I think just, you know, good, good rock's always fun. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite, like, to listen to, like, when you're not the one playing it? Every, oh shit everything um i will bounce around from i'll be listening to john mayer and then i'll go to metallica and then i'll go to like some old tribal tech or alan holsworth or Nora jones i'd listen to all of it there's very little music i don't like um lately i've been listening to a whole lot of like kendrick lamar and flying lotus of kendrick lamar's um, yeah, I'm all over the place. All yeah. over the place. Okay. I like that. I dig that. Um, I'm the same way. I listen to absolutely anything and everything. Um, Except that she's terrible at making playlists because she puts the whole album instead of just a song. I like to just throw a shit ton of music on there and then shuffle it through and then who knows what you're going to get. It's like Russian roulette. It's a great I time. like to play from the top of the playlist. Yeah. That's another thing too, is like, unfortunately, just with the way of the world, um, albums are kind of going away. Yeah. Um, uh, Spotify, I mean, I use it, the bands uh, I play with, we put our music on Spotify just because it's kind of a necessary evil. Mm -hmm. But the days of people going and buying a full album anymore and listening to it from start to finish are gone. Which Um, is so sad because albums in themselves can be complete works of art. Exactly. Like, and sitting and listening to like, like, they tell a story. Like anyone who's ever listened to a Kendrick Lamar album is going to know that like, you know, his is like a story. And like, you have to like, dedicate that hour to like, put your headphones in and lay on the floor and just like lose yourself in it. Like, 
And I, and that's what a lot of people that. really appreciate. Yeah. But un- unfortunately what it's kind of gone to is, you know, why buy, you know, spend 10, 15 bucks for an album when you can spend eight bucks a month on Spotify and then just listen to the ones you want. And so a lot of artists, they've gone away from trying to produce albums because it's super expensive. You don't know how many of those songs are going to do well. And so, I mean, Cheryl Crow is one of them. She's said that she's not releasing albums anymore. She's just doing singles. And my band Beyond Here, we're doing the same thing. We decided that it's probably more financially um, feasible just to record a single every couple months and then just release it instead of doing an album at one time. Mm-hmm. The attention. It's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no! I mean, because even now, like if I if I go to a show, um, if I buy somebody's album, I don't do it with any intention on listening to it on a hard copy. I do it because I'm trying to support them, and I know they're on tour, and you make a lot of money off of merch. Yeah. So I've got I've got CDs over here that are are still wrapped up in the plastic that I bought at shows, mm-hmm. um, and I just I listen to everything digitally. Yeah. I, I only pay for that because I'm trying. If I really enjoy the band, I'll try and support them. Mm-hmm. But see, I, I miss album art. All of it's it's going away, which yeah. is sad. But um, it's kind of just the way things are now, whether we like it or not. So musicians are kind of having to figure out what's the best way to deal with it. I don't like that. I really don't like that. One of my like favorite things ever is like when an artist I like drops a new album, and then you can just like go for a long drive or like go home and just like lose. Take your- the long way. <laughs> Yeah, take the long way home. Like literally just this week, Clipping dropped their new album. And I literally was like, that's it. All right, I'm taking the way home that takes me an hour and a half to get home because I want to listen to this whole album just like blasted in my car. And it's like, it tells a story and it's beautiful. And I love that. Like, yeah. I woke up at 8 a.m. to start um, Ariana Grande's new album. I'm not going to listen to Ariana Grande's new album. I liked it. I don't I've like heard it's really good. It I is. The song Nasty. You need to listen to it. You know, give it a chance. I also didn't like, I wasn't a super fan of Chromatica the first time I heard it, and now I'm fucking obsessed. So. Yeah. Um, I was never a fan, um, but I love this last album he put out. It's great. Who? Machine Gun Killing. Oh, I don't know. My sister loves it. Yeah, like all his other stuff was very like, I guess kind of like trap rap, mm-hmm. but this last album is just, I mean, he's got Travis Barker on drums. I just, it is. If you listen to it, you're going to instantly put back in middle school. I'm telling you right now. God, okay. I'm ready. I love anything that takes me back to middle school in a music it, sense, not in a literal it's, it's very pop punk. Um, okay. Yeah. It's got like early green day and bleak 182 vibes. I dig it. Okay. I do. I still will like, I will still put on some Green Day and just like (laughs) really feel that or like Three Days Grace like real go back to those middle school days so long as it's not trapped we're okay yeah I'm not I've never been super trapped I also still get down to like um oh my gosh what was one that we like always would dance to at our fucking like middle school dances that I'm still like obsessed with the like um the apple bottom jeans one what is the name of that song Still oh my God. that one. Or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Always when it comes on, I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, take me back to middle school dances. Like, oh. oh man. What a wild time. Jesus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all the, also, all the who was in charge of us and who let us listen to this music? <laughs> um. When you listen to music now, are you more, well, I guess ever, like, because you've always been super, like, musical. Were you always listening to it? Is it always a mix of enjoyment and, like, kind of, like, critically thinking it, like, thinking about it? Or is that part of it? Like, um, I don't critically think about it at all, uh, unless it's something that I, I've, I've recorded or worked on, then I'll pick it apart. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I've never understood people who can just have like background music on. For me to listen to music is not a passive action. It's very active. Like I'm always like really listening to sounds and and breaking it down and and not picking it apart to be critical, but just to like really enjoy everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, but I'm never critical about other people's work. I just find everything I, I can. Critical's not the right word, but I guess like that, where you like, you dissect it more. You like, will you be listening to music and you're like, oh, like the bass in this is like incredible or like, do you focus on like certain aspects of it as opposed to like, just like, oh, this is a good song or are you like, no, this is like, this is what I like about it. Um, is this question a little... I feel like I'm not saying it well. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah, there's, um, there are certain things I really enjoy. I like songs to move. I like when they do things that are kind of unpredictable. Um, and that goes back to why I like a lot of the music that I talk about, like a lot of progressive and jazz stuff, because it, there's, you know, key changes, there's time changes, things that are not strictly, you know, just it's four, four, it's mm-hmm. chorus, verse, chorus, verse, bridge, out, whatever. Um, to kind of do things that are unconventional. Um, and that's what I really like about my original band we play in because yes, it is a rock band, but we do mess with time. Uh, we do have key changes. We have some strange structure, structures. So, but we do it in a way that it's still very listenable and digestible for people. Mm-hmm. One big thing for me is whenever I'm working on a song is like, I always say like, can I drive to this? Okay, yeah. My criteria, if, if, if I'm happy with the song when it's done, if I can drive to it, then I'm satisfied. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love music that breaks rules. Like, I definitely, I feel that so much. Like, yeah. Like I said, like, my current obsession is clipping because they literally just, like, break all the rules, and I fucking love it, and their music is so weird. And <laughs> David Diggs rapping is, like my new sexual orientation i swear to fucking god <laughs> um, like that's like all i need now um but yeah the I love- album title i like too visions of bodies hitting the floor isn't that what it no visions of bodies. visions of bodies being burned yeah no it's so good logan if you haven't heard it i think you should listen to it it's fucking weird what is it again i'm about to plug this shit in uh, visions of bodies burning by clipping and it's Clipping with a period at the end. Got it. I pulled it up. I'll listen to it. So on my way out of here. So fucking good. It's so weird, and there's just like part, and it's one of those albums that like you have to listen to it in order. Like, I like that. Yeah, you like have to because there's like intros and like interludes, and then there's like just like this one part where they just like go like this like weird almost like middle eastern indian thing at this end of a song but it's like the it fits so well also like don't do it with like loud headphones because they also will like they like will just throw like random like loud static in and it's like fucking weird but it fucking works and i swear to god it is like they're so trippy i don't even know how to explain them how have i said it they're like electronica but like rap i don't know I'm excited to listen to it. They're so they're so weird, and I so fucking love it. They recently had a song talking about how Donald Trump's a white supremacist, and that's like the song of the set, like of the season. I swear to God. Um, okay. Oh, I do have one more question. All right. So, before the big question of the episode, um, what is like a misconception or like what is like a stereotype of bass players that you just like that bothers you that gets under your skin or what's one that's just like blatantly false um and are there any that are just like really accurate the biggest one that drives me crazy is (laughs) there's a lot of people who think that bass is easier than guitar or that people only play bass if they couldn't play guitar but um this question because i was like let's talk about this <laughs> but i mean there's been numerous occasions i i know tons of guitar players i run circles around not to be that guy but it's like don't exactly. talk shit when you can't keep up with me yeah that's definitely my biggest pet peeve okay it's, it's a misconception i can see it yeah i know there's always like the jokes where it's like bass players just pay, play like three chords in a song and that's it and I know that that bothers yeah. you. So I was like, I'm going to let you talk about that. <laughs> I never get heated over it. It's just like, well, I, I have a, 
a big drive to try and make people think differently. Mm-hmm. I guess. That's so like stuff is like not like that. Prove them wrong instead of arguing yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't bother trying to argue. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about before we do our final big question? Uh, yeah, not in particular. All right. Well, is there, where can people find you? Like, how can people follow you? Like, anything you want to, like, gas up? Like, tell us where to find your bands? Um, you can find me on uh, Instagram. It's under Logan Hatcher Base. Super easy to find. Um, also, my original band, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond Here Music. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. What is the best way for somebody to support an artist who's just starting out? Like, like you said, like buying merch, but like, what if like, I'm not in Nashville, how can I support your band? Share videos, share posts. That's really the biggest thing. Um, And if bands are selling merch, buy merch right now. Um, Because a lot of us aren't touring, we're not on the road. Um, And that's the biggest way to make money because nobody's making any money off streaming or album sales anymore. That's, it's done. So the only way for bands to make money is off merch and um, ticket sales when we do have them. And then right now ticket sales aren't even available. So yeah. So buy merch is what I'm hearing. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Buy that. merch, support your friends. Yeah. All right. Klaus, are you ready? I'm ready. So on Be My Beard, uh, we changed the definition of beard or rather made it adapt to um, you know what, what a- we want it to be. <laughs> So, do you know what a typical beard is? Like back in the 50s, I'd say, right? (laughs) Um, Like when a gay man would date a woman and it's his cover-up. Okay. Okay, so instead of that, we ask who or what helped you become comfortable with being um, the best version of you. So our question on Be My Beard is who or what was your beard? Who helped you become the best version of yourself? Uh... Or what? That's a tough question. It is. I think, man. I think what it had to be was just kind of realizing that I'm going to be, I, I focus more on liking myself than if somebody else doesn't like me. I don't even like everybody. So what's, I think what's most I kind of figured out that what's going to be best for me is if I like what I'm doing and I like the path that I'm on, somebody else doesn't like that, whatever. Um, and if I'm not about to like change my own personality or my own goals to make somebody else like me more and be more in alignment with that, I'm going to do what's best for me and what's healthy and puts me on the right path. And if somebody doesn't care for it, whatever, I don't have time for it. So your beard was you? <laughs> I guess. I'm super unprepared to answer that, but uh, right. I guess so, yeah. No, I gave the same answer. So I get it. Yeah, it makes total sense. At the end you of the get day- You in your own way more than anybody else does. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the only person who's gonna be there is you. And you're the only person in this crazy world that you have any control over so yeah exactly yeah so you have to do what's best for you all the time i like that i think that's a great answer because it was also mine so (laughs) i I can totally see that being your answer (laughs) (laughs) it's a very easy thing to say i remember we uh we were in nelson's class I think we were, were sophomores or juniors. If it was Nelson, we had ever had Nelson for civics my senior year. Well, I remember we had to give um, a presentation on our heroes. And you did one on yourself. I did, definitely. That, I did. That's what that made me think of. <laughs> that was senior year. Yeah. I did yeah. a whole speech about how I'm my own goddamn hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is very me. Accurate. Yep. Oh my God. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy I got to see your face. It's been literally a hundred years. We need to do like just this, like Skype or whatever more often. 
Seriously, I miss you. I miss talking with you. I know, it's been forever. Literally forever. And then Klaus and I will come out to Nashville, for sure. I'm and down. Do all the Tinder. And all the Tinder, yeah. Hook me up with all of your friends. Because, <laughs> oh. All right, well, hey, I'm actually heading to a rehearsal, so I need to roll the hell out of here. All right, have fun. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Have right. a good day. Later. Would you like to be our next guest? Email us at bemybeardpodcast at gmail.com. Give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, and let us know what you'd like to hear. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash bemybeardpodcast. Theme by the marvelous Wayne Jetski. We'd also like to give a special thanks to Miles Mitchell, our lovely editor. We would like to give a fabulous thank you to Quinn Lighting, our new social media manager. Welcome to the team. All rights reserved. We would like to thank you, our listeners, for joining us on this journey. Follow your heart. And be the best you can be.